Hard to believe that Thanksgiving is here already. Boy, didn't that come up quickly. Turn around and, and, and here we are at another holiday. I love Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is such a great time of year. It's a time to gather together with others to give thanks. To say thank you to other people who help us and share love with us in life. It's also a time to stop and to give thanks to God. It's a good time for stewardship. Stewardship. When we are entrusted with good gifts, we turn around and we return thanks and we return praise to God. We give from what we have been given. This morning, we have a very good parable in front of us. It is a stewardship story. It talks about what folks do with what God has given them. And two out of three do good things. And they are labeled trustworthy. And they've given additional responsibility. And one person, one out of three, well, just doesn't quite get it. More on that in a little bit. As a kid, I enjoyed looking at those big picture books with illustrations of cut-out things. Let me tell you, like there was a giant um, ship, giant sailing ship in one of the books that I had. And you saw the sails and the outside of the ship, but it was a cutout in the side, and you could see inside. You could see the barrels and the cargo in the hold. You could also see the ballast, the big rocks and the bricks in the bottom of the ship. The cutout allowed you to see inside, and that was kind of cool. I remember also having a, a cutout of an airplane and the wing was cut away so that you could see all the mechanical levers that would raise and lower the flaps, allowing the plane to soar. In this parable, the stewardship parable, we have a cutout and we can see into the heart, we can see into the heart of one of the servants. We see into the heart of the servant who sat on their hands and didn't put to use what they had been entrusted. And what we see as we look into the heart is fear. Now Martin Luther said that we should fear and love God above all things, but that's not this kind of fear. The fear that Luther was talking about is one of deep reverence. It's that being poor in spirit. It's coming before God and bowing low. Acknowledging that we are in need of God each day of our lives. It's that awe, that holy awe that Luther talks about when he were, uses the word fear. But here... In this cutout, in the heart of the slave that hides and digs a hole to put the talent, fear is trembling. It's worrying. It's being anxious. It's, oh my 
dear God, I am so frightened. That fear, that fear was part of the religious experience of the Pharisees. Now, throughout this fall, we've been talking a lot about the Pharisees. And in the Bible and in the Gospel of Matthew, the Pharisees are kind of like the villains of the story. We kind of want to boo and hiss whenever they pop up. But you know, they were the holy people of God. At the time, they were trying to be faithful. They were trying to hold on to the traditions and the teachings that they had been taught. And those traditions and those stories, they were frightening. We heard the words from Zephaniah today. Dear Lord, that's frightening stuff. And so they were so concerned about what might be, what might happen to them, that they drew very hard boxes around God and God's grace and love. They restricted it to only the ones that had all their life together. The ones that kind of could add it all up. And very quickly, they excluded the sinners and outcasts. It is no wonder that Jesus comes into conflict because Jesus' approach to God, Jesus' understanding of who God was, was not connected to the hellfire, the brimstone, the judgment, the wrath. Jesus' understanding of who God was, was connected to the grace and the mercy, the forgiveness the steadfast love of God. When Jesus sat down at table with the outcasts and the sinners, Jesus was motivated by a God of grace and mercy. A God that would bring justice to the earth and peace and shalom. What a very different image of God. Now, you know, today, there's a lot of Christians whose image of God is closer to the Pharisees than to Jesus. Closer to the Pharisees and judgment and wrath. And they live their life worried that they might be cast into the outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Concerned about being absolutely pure and holy so much so that they've dug a hole and they hold so tight to themselves and their own piety that their talents are not being shared. Jesus invites us to repent. Jesus invites us to turn to God. Turn not to a wrathful and judgmental God, but turn to the God of love and grace, mercy and forgiveness. To turn in that direction and to allow our hearts to be inspired deep inside of ourselves. 
You see, we don't get the cutout view of the other two persons in this parable because they're in alignment with Jesus' teaching. They have followed with Jesus' teaching of God as being loving and merciful. And they took chances. They had courage to be out there in the world, to trade, to be involved with the world like Christ did. And instead of worrying about their own selves, they had the heart of Christ and cared for the neighbor. And it was abundant. And the result was filled with joy. And they were proven to be trustworthy because they placed their trust, their heart, they placed in God. And in God's love and grace. Desmond Tutu shares this wonderful story about an African farmer. The farmer has a bunch of chickens and a large bird in his farm plot. And there they are, the birds are picking at the ground, searching for seed, going, looking for food throughout the whole farmyard. One day a stranger walks by and he looks at the birds and he points to the big one and he says, that's no chicken. And the farmer says, of course it's a chicken. Look, it's there pecking at the ground, scraping for the seed just like all the other birds. And the stranger says, no, let me show you. And so the stranger took the bird and together they went to the top of a, of a hill. And from the top of that hill you could see down into the valley and all the land, the savanna below. And the stranger takes the bird and looks in the eyes and says, you are not a chicken. You are an eagle. Fly. And with that, he takes the bird and he throws it up in the air. And the bird starts to flutter a little bit. And then finds its wings and opens the wings and begins to soar. We are eagles. In our baptisms, God claimed each of our lives to fly, to fly in the freedom of the gospel, not to peck on the grounds like a bunch of chickens or dig a hole and bury our talents. No, God invites us to share our lives, to share all that we have with others. It's been entrusted to us and our faithful response is invited to give, to share, to allow our hearts to beat in sync with God's and to soar, to fly, lifted up by God's grace and love. Let us fly. Amen.